Hello, and welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. Whether you're here to learn about the root causes of depressive-like symptoms, wanting to know more about alternative solutions, or you're a biohacker looking to optimize your mental health and brain, this podcast is for you. I am Dr. Achina Stein, and I will be your host on your journey to resolving depressive-like symptoms and optimizing your mood. You're listening to the What If It's Not Depression podcast, hosted by Dr. Achina Stein. And so I just accepted that I was a cold-natured person who needed more sleep than everybody else. I didn't even recognize how much better my life could be. But my hormones were shifting, and that was really affecting my mood. And I didn't learn any of that in medical school. But once I realized, it just made so much sense. Women are often really surprised to even think like, why do I need testosterone? But testosterone is what gives us motivation and competitive drive and get up and go. Because is a hormonal imbalance and you clearly see that it's a hormonal imbalance. What is the antidepressant going to do? Not. It's going to kill your sex drive and make you gain weight maybe. Exactly. Because that's really what we're trained to do is you got a symptom, we got a pill for that. But so often those pills are just putting a band-aid over our symptoms. They're not really getting to the root cause of the problem. They're not really making us well. If you're just feeling Lost, flat, unmotivated, you don't feel like doing things. It may not be true depression. Hi, everyone. Dr. Achina Stein here for our What If It's Not Depression vodcast. My guest is Dr. Deb Matthews. She is the happy hormones doctor and is a best selling author, international speaker, wife, and mom of four boys. We've been having a lot of guests lately with lots of children. <laughs> That's great. After suffering for years with fatigue and depression-like symptoms, specifically irritability, her quest to restore her personal health led her to change everything about her practice of medicine. She's an integrative medicine doctor who helps midlife women rebalance their hormones so they can get well, get off prescription drugs, and love the way they feel. She has been featured on national podcasts, radio shows, and TV shows, including NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Deb. Hey, it's so great to be here. Yeah, I love your story and how you got into integrative medicine, and I would love it for you to share. I always love to see how people um, you know, have this journey uh, through their own health and how that actually informs their their way of then treating people and getting them well just as well. So, and I think yours is a really good one because it's it was a couple decades actually of you finding your health finally, right? That's <laughs> yeah. right. You know, I used to feel exhausted all the time. My favorite hobby was napping and I was freezing all the time. Like in the summertime, I went everywhere with a sweater and I hated refrigerated, uh, you know, the refrigeration section at the grocery store. And you know how now like at Sam's and Costco, they've got that big room that's refrigerated. I would have perished from hypothermia. I would have never made it out alive. I was so cold all the time. Wow. And 
I didn't understand what was going on with me, but way back when I was in medical school, a couple of times, some of the doctors who were teaching me looked at my throat and said, your thyroid is enlarged. You need to go get that checked. So I would go in and get it checked. And then they told me that my labs were normal. So I just accepted that because that's what I was trained at medical school. And it wasn't until years later when I started to have fertility problems that finally my thyroid test was out of range and I got diagnosed and I got treated, but I still didn't feel any better. I was always tired. I had dry skin. My hair was limp and dry, but I had felt that way for so long. And plus my thyroid labs were now normal. And so I just accepted that I was a cold natured person who needed more sleep than everybody else. I didn't even recognize how much better my life could be. And then in my late thirties, things started to change more. And now my mood was affected. I was irritable and I would fly off the handle at my kids, like for no good reason. And I would have these, these bouts where I would just feel really flat and unmotivated. And I just kind of wanted to sit there and stare at the wall and do nothing. And I remember watching my kids play one day. I'm going to get teary-eyed even when I say this. Mm -hmm. I remember they were playing and I got four boys, right? Like they were playing quietly. That doesn't happen a lot. And, and that should have been a happy time. They're playing quietly. And I was just sitting there wishing all of it would go away because it just... I, something felt dead inside. I just knew that I did not feel normal, but I didn't understand what was happening. And ultimately what changed for me is my husband bought me a book that was written by Suzanne Summers and it was about women's hormones. And, you know, as doctors, we don't want to get our, our health advice from celebrities, right? Especially Suzanne Summers, right? All I could think of was Chrissy Snow from Three's Company and the exactly. Thigh Master. And I just looked at him like he was crazy. But I knew that something was wrong. Nothing in my medical training helped me understand what was wrong with me. And so I read the book. And I got to tell you that that book has changed my entire life because it explained so much of what was going on. I, I learned that even though the medicine they were giving me for my thyroid, even though it was making my blood test normal, it wasn't making me feel normal. And my female hormones were shifting. I was only in my late thirties at this point. So I'm not thinking about menopause, but my hormones were shifting and that was really affecting my mood. Mm -hmm. And I didn't learn any of that in medical school, but once I realized it just made so much sense and it allowed me to open my mind. And I found that there were places that I could go to really learn about this. There's evidence that, you know, this is scientifically based. It's not woo woo medicine. And so once I learned how to practice medicine that way, I couldn't go back because it just didn't make sense anymore to just write prescriptions all the time. Cause that's really what we're trained to do is you got a symptom. We got a pill for that. But so often those pills are just putting a bandaid over our symptoms. They're not really getting to the root cause of the problem. They're not really making us well. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So how long were you on thyroid hormone for before you then look oh. at your sex hormones? 10 years. It was 10 years from the time that I got put on Synthroid, which is the standard medicine that everybody gets until I realized there's so much more to thyroid than just taking the pill and getting a normal blood test. Um, 
But once I learned there's so much more that we can do for thyroid and there's lots of other hormones that impact how our thyroid works and how we feel, it just changed everything for me. So I still take thyroid hormone. I just take a more natural form that actually works, but it's all the other things that I did as well that really allowed me to get back to feeling normal again. Great. Great. Yeah. So what did you end up doing in terms of getting yourself back to normal? What are some of the symptoms that you had that wouldn't, wasn't necessarily covered by the thyroid piece, the thyroid stabilization that made you think, oh, this is, this has got to be my sex hormones. I'm curious if you, if there's a way to sort of take that lens, you know, like there, you know, how things are always this overlap. How do you pull away the thyroid piece and then see that? Well, I, I never made that connection until I read the book because I had no idea that our sex hormones affect our mood. I really had no idea. And if you think about it, how many people get PMS? Like it's obvious that our female hormones affect our mood, but I really never put two and two together. And what was really complicating for me too, is back then I was on birth control pills. And so, you know, my period came when the birth control pill said that it came, I didn't, I didn't, it, it wasn't obvious to me that there was a connection until after I read the book. But what I know now, looking back, what was happening to me is my progesterone level was not normal. And progesterone is a natural calming hormone. Right. And so because my progesterone hormone wasn't right, um, I was not calm anymore. I was anxious. I was waking up in the middle of the night with panic attacks for no reason. Like nothing was going on worth panicking over. Right. Um, and, and I was so short tempered with my kids, like every little thing I would fly off the handle. And, and I remember one time in particular, one of the boys was kicking the soccer ball in the living room. And instead of just, you know, politely suggesting that he take the ball outside, my head started spinning around and flames are coming out of my ears. And I'm just screaming at him. And in my brain, I realized that he wasn't hurting anything. Like what he was doing really wasn't so bad, but I just couldn't stop feeling like that. Right. And that's one of the hormone things that, um, you know, that really changes. So, so some of the common things that we see is anxiety, um, irritability, mood swings, and, just feeling flat and unmotivated. And often for women who are, you know, like I was like in our late thirties, it, it changes with the menstrual cycle. So commonly women feel pretty good the week after their period. That's the good week. That's the week when you're getting to the gym and you're chopping your broccoli and you know, you're cleaning out your closet. Right. <laughs> and then it kind of goes downhill as you get closer towards your period. Once your period starts, then, you know, you feel a lot better, but I just never made that connection. Yeah. So you could actually plot that out month to month of how you're feeling and seeing the moods change from week to week, basically. So, and then, and then it gets tricky though, right? Because, um, if you don't have regular periods, like later on, I, I had an IUD. And so, you know, then I wasn't having regular periods or some women have a a hysterectomy where their uterus is, is removed, but they still have their ovaries, but they don't have a period. So their hormones are still doing their cycling thing, but there's nothing to let them know what's going on. And that gets really confusing because then it's much harder to make the connection between how you feel and what's happening with your hormones. Right, right. So what do you do in that case? Is there, is there um, a different type of plotting of, of um, uh, symptoms in, that, in those situations? Um, so part of it is looking for patterns 
-hmm. in the symptoms. So if you can sort of plot, you know, this is my bad week and this is a good week and see a pattern, that would be really helpful. As you get, you know, close, like in your forties and you're getting more towards menopause, the cycling gets more messed up. So sometimes that pattern gets lost. Mm -hmm. And even if you're having periods, if you're not making enough progesterone, you know, you're, you um, don't see that, you know, you just feel grumpy and crabby all the time right. um, or, or much of the time anyway. But, but we're looking for other things too, like night sweats is another common thing that women experience before menopause, but you know, when things are starting to change or loss of libido or um, um, changes like loss of muscle tone. So there's a whole list of symptoms that can happen. And, and the more symptoms that you have on that list, the more we're thinking that, you know, hormones really could be a problem for you. Right, right. What about night sweats well after menopause? Is that something yeah. that can happen? Yeah, you know, we think of menopause as like this little transition, but menopausal symptoms can last for years. So we can start having symptoms like 15 years before you go through menopause. So if menopause averages about 50, but women over 35 can start having changes. And then just because your period stops doesn't mean that like the symptoms go away. So there's lots of women who have like hot flashes and night sweats a little bit around the time of menopause, like around when they're 50, 51, whatever, and right. then they just go away. But there's a lot of women where they don't go away and they can keep having those night sweats or those hot flashes and disrupts sleep. It affects our mood. It affects our memory. We can't find the word that we want to say. There's so many things that go on. And to be really honest, hot flashes are annoying. But unless they're really severe, if that's the worst thing that a woman has to deal with as she goes through this menopausal transition, like we'll get over it. Right. It's more that our brain doesn't work. Right. Our mood, our memory, our energy, our sleep, we just can't think straight. There's not enough sticky notes in the world for us <laughs> to keep track of what the heck you're supposed to be remembering. Really, in my experience, that's really when women complain. And the thing is, if it's hot flashes and night sweats, you think hormones, right? If you can't remember, you know, what your husband told you yesterday or where you left the car keys, where you parked the car, why did you walk in the dang room? If you <laughs> remember things, we don't automatically think hormones, right? right? Or if your mood changes and if you've just lost the joy, if you don't feel like doing things anymore, like you just kind of step through life and you put one foot in front of the other and you make your way through your day kind of in survival mode. We don't think of hormones. Right, right, absolutely right. So I'm just curious um, about whether or not if somebody has been through menopause and let's say they haven't had any night sweats or hot flashes or anything. And there's no, I mean, I know what you're saying is that sometimes people even after stopping periods, they tend to still cycle in on the IUD, they tend to still cycle, but they're actually not having a full period. And you can sort of, sort of uh, plot that on a calendar on some way, but let's say five years later, no symptoms at all. And then five years later, they start having night sweats. I tend to think uh, that there are probably other things. I don't know what your, your experience. Yeah, so stress causes problems with cortisol. Mm -hmm. which is our main stress hormone and cortisol can cause like hot flashes and night sweats doesn't have to always be an estrogen problem so yes right. there are other things that can cause that right. too 
Yeah, and there's actually parasites can cause that too. So I, I just want the audience to know that there are other possibilities and it's really looking at the history. It really comes down to really getting a very, very good history and looking for patterns like, like you said. So with that being said, you know, I know that uh, there's probably testing that you do um, to, to determine that. Is there, a, is there a test, a particular test that you like to do that sort of helps you to put those pieces together? Yeah, so this is actually, sounds like such a simple question, but it's yeah. actually a complicated question because there's a lot of what ifs. Right. So if a woman is cycling, there's a certain time in the cycle we need to do the test, which is about a week before the period, about day 19 in a 28 day cycle. If a woman is not having a period anymore, like after menopause, then we can do it anytime. And for those women where they're in between and they're not cycling regularly, it gets kind of tricky. Right. And so there's blood testing, urine testing, saliva testing. Sometimes we can pick one or another, but any of them will do in a pinch. I tend to do a lot of urine testing, especially for younger women, but there's lots of different ways we can do it. And I would say even more important than which test you do, it's you really need a health provider who knows how to interpret the results for you. Right. And so if you just march into your gynecologist's office or your primary care doctor's office and say, I think I got my hormones out of whack. Can you test my hormones for me? It's very disappointing because right. either they'll say you're too young to have a hormone problem, which is silly, or they'll say, we don't do that. We don't test for hormones right. or they'll kind of humor you. And usually what they measure is FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, which is a test that tells us whether your ovaries are still doing a good job. It's very helpful if you're interested in having a baby. It helps us know what's going on with your fertility. It helps us know if your ovaries are starting to go down a notch and you're heading towards menopause, but it doesn't tell us what's happening with your estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and cortisol and thyroid and all the hormones that are swirling around that make you who you are. Right. And when they're out of balance, it doesn't feel normal. Mm -hmm. So, so you need to find the right person who can help you to understand what the test results even mean. And if you just march into your gynecologist's office on an average Thursday afternoon, and they just run some tests in the office and it was the wrong time in your cycle, or they hardly right. order any of the labs, you just don't get enough information to really know what, find out what you need to know. And the one test that they seem to do the least is testosterone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we think of testosterone as being really important for men, obviously it is, but it's really important for women too. It's important for interest in sex and vaginal lubrication and everything to do with sex, really like thinking about it, caring about it in the first place. Right. It's important for our muscles. It keeps us strong and toned and that keeps our metabolism moving. It helps prevent frailty. So we don't turn into these little old ladies that can barely have the strength to stand up out of our chair but it's really important for mood. And it's such a common thing that I see in my practice and it's, doesn't, it's not well understood. And women are often really surprised to even think like, why do I need testosterone? But testosterone is what gives us motivation and competitive drive and get up and go so that we can get things done. Um, and it gives us confidence, assertiveness, self-esteem. So as women, when testosterone goes down, what women complain about a lot is just feeling flat, 
and unmotivated and you know that feeling of just putting one foot in front of the other and getting through the day and if it has to happen today we'll make it happen and if it doesn't really have to happen today we just kind of leave it by the wayside because we just don't not really feel in the joy there and if you were to march into your doctor's office and say I just feel unmotivated I feel blah I don't feel like doing things right you get diagnosed with depression, right? right. Yeah. But here's a script for Prozac. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, a lot of women don't realize that when we go on birth control pills, one of the side effects of birth control pills is it lowers testosterone. So we do that a lot for women who have acne. We give them birth control pills on purpose because it lowers testosterone and it clears up their skin sometimes. So that's great for your skin. But then if you feel blah and you know, you just don't feel like doing things, you know, your career stalls and it's, you know, you got to, I don't know, bake cookies for your kid's school or, you know, you're supposed to be volunteering. So like you just don't show up in the world at your best. And then you end up on the, you know, antidepressant on top of the birth control pill. And we're just treating side effects. Like there's just so many ways that these hormones impact how we feel. And sometimes the medication that we're given isn't really treating the right problem. Right, right. I agree. Uh, and I'm really glad that you mentioned the testing. It's kind of it was sort of a trick question because <laughs> I, I, I was glad the way you answered it in terms of it is a variety of testing. It's not just a blood test. And e- each one of those pieces, the urine piece, the blood piece, the salivary piece, all gives information about how the whole body is working in, in a dynamic way and 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 also detoxification of certain uh of these hormones as well how much of this is actually being released and removed from your body because all of these hormones are fat soluble and so sometimes you can have high levels based because you're not actually detoxing them from your liver um so yeah i'm I'm so glad that you said all of that and and then so i'm i know that sometimes women are very even when I've had that kind of conversation um, and I'm going to have to re- rethink about this because I stopped having conversations about providing testosterone or looking at testosterone as a way to balance hormones because so many women are afraid of turning into a man, so to speak, right? They, oh, well, but I'm going to, you know, get hair on my, on my chin and I'm going to lose my hair. I'm going to go bald or I don't want those muscles or, Hey, what do you, so what do you do? And how do you, I mean, I'm sure that that can be a side effect, certainly if it's too high to some degree with some people, right? How, how do you manage that, that kind of question or that scenario? So if somebody let somebody comes in, they're not feeling good. We measure their hormones. We always want to look at the whole person. So we never just want to say, oh, testosterone low. Here's a prescription. Deal with the side effects. We want to look at the whole person. We want to understand better. Why is the testosterone low? So like stress is a huge cause of hormone imbalances in women, because when we're stressed, our cortisol goes up. Cortisol regulates all your other hormones, knocks them out of whack. And so if we can reduce stress, reduce cortisol, sometimes the other hormones kind of normalize themselves. So there's lots of examples of things that we can do to improve lifestyle habits, to detox, um, that, that help to get our hormones back in balance 
and then potentially don't need testosterone replacement or hormone replacement therapy. There are things that we can do to help boost testosterone naturally. So for example, DHEA is a hormone made in our adrenal glands, which is where cortisol is made. And if we're stressed, our body puts all the resources into trying to squeeze out enough cortisol to help us cope at the expense of the DHEA. So that drops. So 50% of testosterone comes from our ovaries, but 50% comes from our adrenal glands. And so if you're stressed and you're kind of a midlife woman, so your ovaries aren't doing a good job and now your adrenal glands aren't making the ingredient you need, well, then testosterone is really going to go down. But if we can restore stress, sometimes we can give you DHEA as a supplement. And sometimes that's all that it takes for your testosterone to just get better all by itself. So there's, there's things that can be done shy of giving a woman testosterone replacement. But if, you know, we've done all those things and testosterone replacement seems like it might be an option, we just have that whole conversation that testosterone helps improve muscle tone and it helps improve strength. You're not going to turn into a man. Those ladies who really do look like bodybuilders, that takes a lot of work. That is not going to happen, but it gives no tone. <laughs> testosterone is good for um, skin tone too. So without testosterone, we kind of get, you know, the saggy jowls and the chicken wings. So it's good for keeping our skin more youthful. It puts lubrication to our body. So without testosterone, we can have dry hair, dry skin, dry eyes, vaginal dryness. So testosterone just puts a little bit of oil to those places. So your skin doesn't look as old. Um, now, too much testosterone can make your skin oily or, you know, you feel like you have to shampoo more often. So it's, it's finding a balance. Right. Um, too much testosterone can make hair grow in the places that we don't want. That can be a side effect. And if we stop the testosterone, that gets better. But the truth, I always tell women that ahead of time, right? No woman wants a mustache. No woman wants a beard. However, if you don't feel good and and we give you some testosterone and now you feel great and you are supercharging your career and those kids cookies are baked for their bake sale and they've got their <laughs> Halloween costumes and you're like, you're a super mom and you are having great intimacy with your partner. Like you're feeling great. You are back to the you that you knew you could be. Maybe you would be willing to pluck or tweeze. Right. You know, if you, it's a choice. You don't, nobody has to do any kind of hormone replacement therapy. It is always an option. It's always a choice. So if you don't like it, you can stop it. It's, it's, um, it doesn't happen to everybody. It's dose related. So it's annoying, but it's not like heart attacks and strokes. It's just annoying. Right. Right. And the key is, is that you can stop it and it'll go away. Yeah. That's really important to know. So I, I, yeah, and it's finding the right dose for you and, and exactly. making decisions with the knowledge um, of it. And the only way you're going to know is to try it and see how you respond to it. So I think it's yeah. certainly, to me, it's a significantly better option than taking an antidepressant. <laughs> right. I think it makes no sense to take an antidepressant because it's not... The, it's, if it's the root cause is a hormonal imbalance and you clearly see that it's a hormonal imbalance, what is the antidepressant going to do? Not. Right. It's going to kill your sex drive and make you gain weight, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to do the opposite. It's going to make things worse. Yeah. And you know, if you just imagine how many women are out there, young women go on birth control pills and then that kind of kills their libido and, and can impact their mood. And so then they go on antidepressants and then that really 
knocks out their libido. And now, you know, they're at the age where they're married, but they have no interest in their spouse. And like that affects relationships. And then when your relationship is rocky, that makes you depressed. Like it just, you can see how when we treat the wrong things that it just goes the wrong direction. And it has such big impacts, right? It doesn't just affect us as the woman, it affects our relationships, it affects our children, it affects our families. Like this is a really big deal. And women need to know, they need to be empowered. They need to be able to speak up for themselves um, because otherwise you trust your doctor, right? If you go to your doctor and your doctor tells you that you're depressed and gives you a prescription, I mean, you trust your doctor, right? But sometimes your doctor just, they don't know. And I think this is important to say, they don't teach us this at medical school. They teach us that if you don't feel good, we should, we should write you a prescription. And you know, there's just so much more out there that's possible. I know it's, it's a different way of looking at things for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think it's important to connect the dots that birth control pills can actually kill your libido, you know, yeah. it can. And I don't think people realize that, you know, yeah. and of course people who have true depression, well, that kills your libido too. So if your doctor is looking at you from the lens of you have depression, all these things that you've got that are maybe hormonal problems, they're going to chalk it up to the depression. And, and if I can share my family story, we had talked about this a little bit before that um, my father has suffered with depression and he has been hospitalized for months at a time. And he was so depressed that he was catatonic, meaning he just sat there and stared at the wall. He didn't speak like that is depression. If you, as a woman are, are just feeling, or a man, this is true for men too. If you're just feeling blah, flat, unmotivated, you don't feel like doing things, it may not be true depression. And there's so many other possibilities. So today we're talking about hormones, but of course there's many other factors, nutrition and gut bacteria, there's all the other things. And so we really need to look at the whole person in right. order to help you figure out what you need. Absolutely. And that, you know, that you're you know, your family history doesn't necessarily mean that's also your destiny as well. There's a lot of things that you can do. And believe it or not, you know, even with people with very, very severe depression, even for years and years, still, you can still look at the root causes and make that better. And even, I mean, I've had many patients where they've been on five medications and just by looking at the root causes and pulling them one at a time out, you know, out and people improve to the degree that they may only need one medication. So, um, so that does, you know, functional medicine is really for everyone. Right. It's, it's a lot, takes a lot longer for those. Right. And if I can do the happy ending that my dad is doing great. And so even for people who feel really, really bad, there is always hope he's smiling and happy. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you answered the question about how we can get uh, start to get back into hormonal balance. And it really is, I think, looking at the whole picture and addressing a lot of the root causes. And I, in, you mentioned that, you know, by reducing cortisol and cortisol can be elevated from situations that are happening in the body and the gut specifically, um, that bringing cortisol down will normalize some of your other sex hormones. Um, but then, then it's also looking at, okay, is despite that, even if you bring those cortisol levels down, 
uh, you might still need to tweak those those um, sex hormones. I was curious to know, are there herbs that people can take to sort of balance their uh, their hormones? And you know, we were talking about testosterone specifically. I, you know, uh, and I, and I, as I'm talking about this, I don't want people to think, I don't want them to run out and get herbs. They obviously, you know, you'll have to work with someone to, to find balance, but, you know, I know I've used um, chaseberry like Vitex to help with people with PMS and it kind of increases your production of progesterone, um, your body's production of progesterone more smoothly. And, you know, so I'm curious, do you, are there some herbs that can boost your testosterone? I'm thinking maca or, and uh, that, that comes to mind, but I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that's more estrogen or testosterone. Maca can be helpful. Another one is called tribulus mm -hmm. and it can be helpful too. The challenge that we have with herbs is that we don't really have the same kind of research that, you know, we would really like to have to be able to, you know, be able to demonstrate in studies because, you know, there's no pharmaceutical company to pay for that. So what we mostly have is just, you know, people's stories telling them, telling us what they feel. And it's, it's, um, these herbs help us to feel better. They work in the body sometimes similar to how the hormones work. So it's not necessarily that they're raising the level of the hormone as much as they're helping to minimize the symptoms. And so it is okay to take herbs to help balance hormones, especially like if women are having menopausal symptoms, there are like dong kwai, like there are certain uh, black cohosh herbs that can really help minimize like the hot flashes and things like that. Um, but what I feel like is even more powerful is really looking at our lifestyle habits. So healthy diet, getting the nutrients that you need, managing stress in a healthy way, being physically active, having purpose, all of those things make such a big difference. And then the other thing that can make a really big difference is detoxing. So, um, you know, getting the toxins out of your system as best as possible. And there are supplements that we use to help with that. Like we know which nutrients your liver needs to be able to flush toxins from your system. And there's a whole list of them, but, um, but I feel like I would turn to those things even before the herbs, the younger a woman is, and the more mild the symptoms are, the more likely it is that herbs are going to make a big difference for them. Mm -hmm. For some women, especially for women who are really having significant symptoms of hormone deficiencies, um, herbs are just not enough. So they can take the edge off and, um, and that's great. And that's enough for some people. And for some people though, bioidentical hormone replacement really can be life-changing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women are afraid of hormone replacement therapy because we've done it in not such a great way in the past. And we've caused all kinds of complications. There are clinics out there that feel like more is better. And the more hormones we give you, like we can make you 21 again, and they give women a lot of hormones and then they get side effects. So that's not, you want to do this within a whole person functional medicine approach not a here's your prescription kind of approach. Right, right, absolutely, 100%. I'm totally in agreement with that, is looking at the whole whole picture. How, how young um, are some of the women that take uh, the bioidentical hormones? Like, do you have people in their 30s and 40s? Yes, and it just depends which, what their circumstances are. So for example, I have women even in their twenties on progesterone because progesterone is only made if you ovulate. So there are women who don't ovulate for a whole list of reasons. 
and we can sometimes give them progesterone helps to get their system going so they ovulate again, then they don't, may not need to stay on it. It's just a temporary thing. Hugely helpful though for PMS symptoms and things like that. And then once women are over 35, then they just don't ovulate as well. That's part of, you know, our fertility goes down after 35. So if they're not making enough progesterone, we can, we sometimes use progesterone. And then as women cross 40, testosterone levels often go down. So that's sometimes when we're adding in testosterone. And then as women get towards 50 is when the estrogen starts to go down. And so that's when we would think about adding estrogen. And so it's not that all women need hormone replacement therapy. And we really want to make sure we're putting the hormones in a healthy body with a whole person approach. But for some women, especially women with depression, estrogen is a natural antidepressant. Um, it makes a humongous difference. It can be life-changing. So not everybody needs it, but for the women who do, it really makes a big difference. Right. Right. Oh, wow. I could talk to you forever, Dr. Deb. I really could. I like, I have so many more questions, but we're kind of out of time. And, and I would love for people to know how um, they can get in touch with you. I will include it in the show notes, but I know that you are um, on Instagram and Facebook and you have a practice called uh, Signature Wellness is, yeah. and, um, and you are located in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, Charlotte, that's right. <laughs> and that you have a download for your free ebook um, at www.isityourhormones.com. So I will include that in the show notes for everybody to be able to see and and contact you if they want to work with you um and i want to thank you so much for providing so much information about hormones i think i feel like we really did cover a lot um you know <laughs> in such a short period of time we had a little bit of a late start but uh i'm i'm so thankful for your participation oh you're to... welcome and if i can just say one tiny last little thing is sure. I, the the book that you know, people can download if they want it. I wrote it to try to help answer the question, like, is it your hormone? Is, is, so the book is called, This Is Not Normal, but it's at isityourhormones.com. But it's got quizzes and checklists to try to help you figure out, like, does this fit? Could this be my hormones? And then it also has resources for where you can find a practitioner, so. Excellent. Oh, that's even better. Thank you so much. It was You're great, welcome. great talking to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope that you will join me in the future. If you are interested in working with me, please go to www.achinasteindo.com to book a discovery call. There you may also download for free the first three chapters of my book. I hope my work enlightens you, gives you hope, and moves you forward on your journey to a better mood and fulfilling life.